And uh, what we're going to be starting out studying uh, is some of the writings of the Apostle Paul. Uh, the Apostle Paul uh, has a group of books in the New Testament that's called the prison epistles. These were the letters that he wrote while he was incarcerated in, uh, uh, under, well, he was under house arrest uh, in Rome. Uh, they are the book of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Four books. There were four, that originally, there were four letters that he wrote to uh, three, three churches and one individual. Uh, church in Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Uh, a lot of people mis- mispronounce that. Uh, uh, a lot of times I hear people call it uh, Philemon, but it's not pronounced Philemon, it's Philemon. And he... Uh, is um, he was an individual. Uh, he had been a runaway slave. And um, we're going to be studying these books and we're going through them and, uh, uh, and, and dig out because we're going to get some good, strong meat of the Word uh, that's going uh, to help us in areas of uh, our, our doctrine and, uh, and, and what we uh, stand, uh, stand upon. Um, the uh, prison epistles were all written about the same time. And they were also, uh, and I said they, um, and we're going to be starting with the book uh, of Ephesians. We're going to go through the book of Ephesians and then we're just going to follow them uh, uh, on um uh, along and as we begin our journey, uh, well, Paul's epistle to the uh, Ephesians, and we're going to attempt to unlock some of the beauty of how Paul described the relationship between Christ and His bride, uh, which is the church, and the marriage union between a man uh, and his bride. I love the book of Ephesians. Um, it's a powerful, it's a powerful book. Tonight we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter one, the first six verses, and from the King James version. Uh, Ephesians chapter one, and the first six verses, and I have, I'll have Chris to put uh, uh, these up on the screen in case some of you may not have your Bible with you tonight, but um, we're going to read this and then then we're going to break it down. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Final scripture. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. There's an awful lot of powerful stuff in what we just read. An awful lot of powerful stuff. There's no way that I can uncover everything that we just read. Uh, what I hope to do is to instill such a hunger in, in your heart about what Paul was writing to the church that it will make you want to Take this a little bit further on your own and see what you can dig out. <clears throat> when he began this writing, he said that he, uh, talking about Jesus Christ, hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, I have heard so many people try to come up with conjectures on what are those spiritual blessings. Somebody say, well, the Holy Ghost has got to be one of them. This has got to be one of them. But when you learn to take things out from the Scripture, you'll find that the Scripture always answers itself. And he gives what these spiritual blessings are in succession. Uh, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Then he used the word according. According. Now that lets you know that he's fixing to go in to what he's blessed us with. And that first one is, according as he hath chosen us. That's number one. That's one of the best and best spiritual blessings that you could ever receive to know that God has chosen you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a, that's, a, that's a spiritual blessing that we've been blessed with. That we've been chosen by God. Hallelujah. Amen. He chose us. Now, we're going to we're going to read John chapter 15 and verse 16. Uh, and uh, I want you to I want you to notice something in John chapter 15 and verse 16. Talking about uh, God choosing us. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Notice, now this is the words of Jesus. Notice what Jesus told him here in John 15, 16. You have not chosen me. There's a lot of people think they're in this thing because they decided to on themselves. Now, sweetheart, you didn't choose Jesus. You didn't choose the church. He chose you. If he hadn't chose you and dealt his, uh, with a conviction spirit in your heart, you never would have changed. I don't, I, I, I don't want to burst nobody's body, body, uh, bubble, but every one of us was born in this world with a depraved heart, a curse from God. That's what the Bible says. That's how come sometimes you hear people, I don't know why so-and-so don't see something. It, they, it ain't been enlightened to them yet. Hallelujah. You know, that's one reason why it's so dangerous for people to say, well, you know, I'm going to live my life and do what I um, like to do, and then, I, then I'll, you know, it ain't quite time for me to get right with God, and I'll get right with God before it's too late. Let me tell you something. Nowhere in the Bible tells you that you can get right with God anytime you want to. Hallelujah. You can't just say, hey, I, I, I'm going to, you know, I, you know, I probably, doctor, doctor, doctor says, you know, I'm, I'm about out here, but I'm ready to leave this world. So but yeah, you can, listen, the Bible says, Jesus says, you cannot come to me unless the Spirit draws. Hallelujah. And let's read this whole scripture. Jesus says, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to Oh, Hallelujah. Talk about a spiritual blessing. He has blessed us in all, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. You, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'm going to give. You don't think that ain't a blessing? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. And why do we have that? We have it not because we chose him, but because he chose us. Hallelujah. Let's, let, let's, let's go to another scripture. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, whatever. Uh, word be established. We're talking about being chosen by God. I mean, that's what the word church means. Called out. Hallelujah. Called out. Amen. But now let's 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 go to another scripture. Back in the Old Testament in the book of Jeremiah. And let's look at Jeremiah chapter one and verse five. Jeremiah chapter one and verse five. Hallelujah. We're still on this. He chose us. Now, this is this what God spoke to Jeremiah. God told Jeremiah, he said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, see, this is one of the best scriptures there is to speak against abortion. Hallelujah. That it's not just a blob of tissue inside a woman's uh, um, you know, stomach. It is a human life. 
God says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and, be and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Tell me what Jeremiah had to do with it. He didn't have nothing to do with it, did he? Hallelujah. He was chosen, ordained by God. Somebody asked me sometime, one time, said, you, you actually believe, in, uh, you actually believe in, uh, in destiny? I said, yes, I surely do. I believe God is ordained. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. And I also realize a lot of the troubles that I have in life is just when I try to go against the grain of what God wants for my life. Hallelujah. It will cause you trouble every time when you try to go against the grain of what God wants for you in your life. Hallelujah. So God told Jeremiah, before I formed you, <laughs> glory to God, amen. Jesus knew who you was going to be before you was even thought of on this earth. Hallelujah. Amen. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. Hallelujah. The Bible says the very hairs of our head are numbered. Now, I call no names, but with some folks, that's, that's, that's easier. <laughs> hey, hey, it is. If you could see some pictures of me just, just 10 or 12 years ago compared to now, my, my mind is woo, really thinning out. It's thinning too. Hallelujah. So, this is one of the spiritual blessings that he has blessed us with. He chose us. But then there's another blessing. It says, uh, and, and he chose us before the foundation of the world. What did he chose, cho choose us for? That we should be holy and without blame. Here's the second point that you need to write. He designed us for holiness. Number one, he chose us. Number two, he designed us for holiness. Man, uh, there used to be a TV show years ago called uh, Dobie Gillis. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting back. And there was there was there was there was a uh, a, 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 a dude on there a, beat, a beatnik. And he's, he's the same one that later on played Gilligan on Gilligan's Island. Amen. And uh, every, <laughs> every time somebody would mention the word work, he'd go out and work, you know. And something he didn't want to part, part with. Well, a whole lot of church people today, when you mention the word holy, holiness, holiness, Hallelujah. My bless his heart, our founder. I, uh, he, uh, his one of his favorite saying is, he'd sling that handkerchief and say, "Bless God." He said we still have gotten holiness. We got a whole mess. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. He said instead of holiness today, we got a whole mess. Hallelujah. That's that's about the size of it. Hallelujah. But these blessings, number one, he chose us. Number two. He designed us 
for holiness. Now, the, the going thing with the, with the modern church world is they say, everybody say, well, you know, God says just, just come as you are, and that's true. And I like the old, uh, old hymn. I mean, we, you sing sometime when you have an altar call service, just as I am. We come to God as we are, and he accepts you as you are, but he loves you so much he won't let you stay as you is. Now, uh, Sister Penrod would tell me that wasn't gr- uh, grammatically correct, you know. <laughs> oh, she used to get on me sometimes. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, we come to him just as we are, but he starts a, a change. He does a work in us. And he has chosen us and designed us to be a holy people. Now, let, let's, let, let's get some scriptures about this. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. Hallelujah. Let's, 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 let's talk about this. What does it mean? All right, there it is. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. What do we read back in Ephesians? That we should be holy and without blame. He designed his church to be a holy people. And notice, sometimes we'll take the word holiness and, and everybody, you know, and, and here's, here's another lie of the devil. I hear it all the time. I hear it coming out of the mouth of supposedly Christians. Well, you know, God, God don't God about your body. That's a lie. That's a lie that the devil wants you to believe. We are, we're a tripart being. Man is made up of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And, and, and he said right here, he said, I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body. We've got to learn to walk in wholeness in all areas of our life. Every, our total being, we've got, and, and here, here, to the degree that we allow ourselves for God to mold us and uh, towards that end is the degree that God is able to really use us to the purpose that he hath called us for. Hallelujah. Amen. Your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I mean, that's, that's chapter and verse, folks. Uh, and, and let's go again, one, one other scripture. And, I mean, there, there's many scriptures I can give on this, these things, but, I mean, we got a time uh, limit we got to go to. Let's go to First Peter chapter 1 and verse 15.
1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. We'll read two verses. Look what he says here. This is Peter now writing, not Paul, but Peter. He said, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Church, God has designed us to be holy. Hallelujah. He's designed us. If we've got issues, and everybody's got issues, uh, and there, if there are habits in our life that we've allowed to develop down through the years, and if we begin to think of it and we pray and we allow, if God has filled us with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost begins uh, to lead us and direct us and, and, and let us know, say, well, you know, this, 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 kind, this kind of behavior is not pleasing to God and it's not conducive to me being used of God to the fullness that the way God wants uh, to use me. Uh, put verse 15 back up. I want to... Uh, now, this right here, I want to stop. Uh, it says, but, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Now, <laughs> a lot of folks, uh, you know, get... Uh, really been out of shape. Uh, if you if you get at all away from uh, the what we call the old King James, uh, but words and language uh, changes and it evolves. Every one of us if we had a time machine that we could go back to the year 1611 when this version, uh, uh, the original, not this, because the one that you got right now you call the original, it's not the original King James. What we call the new King James makes the fifth change in the King James since it was originally translated. They call it being revised is the word that it's used. But they've had to revise King James five times since 1611 when it first come out. And the reason why words become obsolete, they're no longer used, spelling changes. Um, uh, there wasn't even the letter S in the English, in the English alphabet, alphabet in 1611. Now, you can order an original copy of the King James Version. I've got a copy back there in, uh, in, um, in my office. Uh, and, uh, and, you, and you look at it compared, compared, compared to this. What I'm saying is, over time, words change. New words are added. They, they evolve. And when things are, are revived, if... 
if, if a revision of a scripture is based upon the original word, the original Greek, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. Now, when I was a young preacher, running around at 14, 15, 16 year old, and I read and I preach from this right here, be ye holy in all matter of your conversation, I, I use that scripture, I say, well, that, that talks about you ain't supposed to cuss. Now, we ain't supposed to cuss, but that, that, that right there, that word, that, they don't have nothing to do with cussing. Right. It don't, have, it don't have anything to do with talking at all. It don't have anything to do with speech at all. Uh, Chris, I want you to click on uh, the New King James Version of that same verse and put it up there. This word in the Greek, the word conversation in the Greek, it means behavior, manner of life, and conduct. Now, younger people today would have no clue what he's really talking about. Be, and here, here, here's, this is in the New King James, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. That was the original wording. Now, back in 1611, uh, the word conversation, it came from a word that uh, means something that is conveyed, meaning that the way that you conduct your life, you convey what kind of person you are by your actions. Convey conversation. That's, that, was the, that was the reason of it. But as I was fixing to say a while ago, if we, if we all could get in a time machine and go back 200 years, wouldn't none of us be able to communicate with the English-speaking people back then? And if Jesus was to delay his coming, which I don't believe he's going to for 200 more years, 200 years from now, people who speak English, they wouldn't under, won't understand a thing in the world what we're talking about. Because language changes. And this has not done any damage at all to uh, the uh, the uh, 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 original. Uh, there you go. There, he found the 16th. That is the original King James Bible, the original 1600, see that 1611? Look at that. But as he, look at that he, look how he spelt. Got two e's in it. Which called you is holy, so be ye holy in all matter. Look at that. Even conversation. Huh? How in the world? See? And there's a whole lot in that 1611 version. If we went by the original that was translated the first time, you would not be able to read it. I promise you. I done been through it. And I, you know, I mean, it, uh, I didn't know he could, I didn't know he had that up there. Like I said, I've got a, I, I ordered a, a special copy and I got a copy. But the one, the one that we call the, uh, the New King James, it, they just say new because it's the most recent revised. It's been, it's been revised five times uh, uh, since it come out. All right, let's, tr um, let's try to get finished up. 
we ain't, we're not finished with the blessings yet. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He called us. That's one of the blessings. Uh, or chose us. He designed us for holiness. And then, then, the, then the next one is, if you're writing these down, he predestined us for adoption. He predestined us for adoption. Now, to be able to understand what I'm talking about, we got to go to Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 18 and through 23. You can go back to the King James Version on this. Romans 8, 18 through 23. Some um, powerful stuff here. He has predestined us for adoption. All right. He said, for I reckon. <laughs> I guess Paul must have been a southerner. <laughs> Hallelujah. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed shall be. If you don't mind underlining your Bible, you, ought to, you need to underline that shall be revealed. It ain't been revealed in this yet. And we're going, we're, going, we're going to talk about that. He said, I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy. Why in the world are we going to... If, if, we, if we understood fully everything that Christ has got in store for us, We'd quit all of our complaining about everything we go through down here. Because none of it is worthy to be compared with the glory which shall, future tense, be revealed in us. All right, go ahead. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of of the sons of God. Go ahead. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption unto the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Now, the first fruit of the Spirit is you receiving the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting, there's a word waiting, for the adoption. Another spiritual blessing that he has blessed us in heavenly places with, amen, is that he predestined you for adoption. We're waiting for the adoption to wit, or that word wit means to complete. It ain't complete yet. 
Now this right, this right here, if you can get an understanding of what he's talking about, your your adoption being a we all know we've been adopted by God. We were we were not born Jews. We had to be grafted in, and we was adopted by Him. But that adoption process, you know, how many how many knows if you go to adopt a child, it's a process. You just don't go say, "I think I'll take that one right there." Wrap it up and let, let me leave here. It don't work that way. It's a process. This, the beauty of this lesson and this teaching tonight, this alone cuts down all the teaching that people go around telling folks this once saved always junk. Say, your adoption ain't completed yet. Hallelujah. Once this completed, it can't never be changed. It will be once saved, always saved. When you endure to the end. Because your adoption will not be completed until the end. To wit, the redemption of our body. Your your spirit has been redeemed when you repented and was filled with the Holy Ghost, but your body has not been redeemed yet. Thus, the adoption that you have been predestined for is not complete. We're in the process of it. We're in the process. That's how come, that's how come I can't do like some people say, well, bless God, I, 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 was, I was saved when I was seven years old, and uh, it don't make no difference. What do I do from here on out? I can't never be lost, man. Man, that, that is. Hey, your adoption, your, your salvation process has not been completed yet. You, <laughs> you, you. You've you got to finish the process. I've got to finish the process. Hallelujah. Okay, one more scripture I'm going to take you to that I'm going to quit for tonight, and we will pick up. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to love this study uh, uh, of, um, of, of Ephesians because some of the most powerful doctrines in the New Testament concerning the church is found in Ephesians. But I want to give you one more scripture. Uh, 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. <laughs> but what do we start off with, the word? What word do we start off with? Chosen, that's right, sister. Here we're finishing up. But ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness, there's that word call, into his marvelous light, which in time past you were not a people. This is how important adoption is. This is how important adoption is. 
He's not speaking to Jews now. He's speaking to Gentiles, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Thank God for mercy. Hallelujah. Thank God for mercy. Amen. But this beautiful course of Brother uh, Darrell, uh, I, I had never heard it before. I heard him sing it. Your grace and your mercy has brought me through. See, that mercy is what's going to hold you until that adoption is complete. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, 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 and just... Uh, <laughs> and here, here's something. You know, when I think about some of so, some folks, how that they get sidetracked, and then you see them uh, uh, making a move, move, move back. You see, one reason, one reason why, why God is always ready to work with somebody is because He's already got too much invested in 